0: Welcome to the Kid Men Podcast with Dr. Val
1: and Dr. Virginia, where we talk about everything Kid Men. And pull back the curtain on some of the surprises and challenges in children's ministry that nobody prepares you for. I'm Dr. Val, and together we have over 45
0: years of experience in children's ministry.
1: I'm Dr. Virginia. Valerie and I met over 10 years ago in our doctoral program at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We are excited to share with you all the great stuff that we have picked up over the years. We want to minister to you, the children's minister.
0: Welcome, friends. Thank you so much for being with us today. Dr. Virginia, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Dr. Val? I'm doing pretty well. I am very, very happy with the weather right now. Fall is my favorite, fall and winter are my favorite times of the year because I am perpetually hot. And so (laughs) I love the cooler temperatures. And I love being able to go outside during this time of year. And I love football games and fall festivals and all of the things that come with this time of year. So I am a rather happy camper right now.
1: (laughs) Good. Yeah, (laughs) it's awesome. We're actually getting what I would consider a fall um for the probably the first time since we've lived here we've actually had some really nice weather and some really nice temperatures so oh, wow. yeah we've got our fall festival coming up so we might not be sweating through the entire fall festival <laughs> We I actually have a little bit of festivals. like crisp yeah. in the air. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> that is so great. Yeah. And I always <laughs> hated it when fall festivals were miserably hot because mm-hmm. then, you know, because the kids want to wear their costumes <laughs> and, yes. you know, you've got so much you're doing outside, you're carrying and lifting and moving and doing. And it just is so hot. So, yeah, I hope that weather holds <laughs> out for you. Because I'm telling you, I, and I know I've said it before because we've talked about it before. Fall festivals are one of my favorite favorite events. And, and it's a great event for not only visitors in reaching out to your community, mm-hmm. but it's such a great event to bring in new volunteers for your ministry. How yes. are you doing with recruiting <laughs> volunteers for fall festival?
1: Ah, I'm doing, I've got a, a, just kind of a slice of responsibility, you know, for, for a couple mm-hmm. particular areas. And so, um, so that's going pretty well. That's, that's pretty straightforward. So, Um, I think we have a good system of sort of delegating out different booths to different adult Sunday school classes and different ministry areas. And so, yeah, yeah. So we're getting ready though. (laughs) That's always (laughs) a challenge because that is one of those events where you need a
0: lot of hands hands on deck. And And we
1: talk about that in our fall events episode. So we do.
0: And that's what's so (laughs) great too, is because because you can pull people in that maybe aren't even super Mm -hmm. comfortable with working with kids, but they love Mm -hmm. to do events for fall festival, they mm-hmm. love you know mm-hmm. to help out with that even if they They'll don't do run things for the rest of the year.
1: Pop popcorn or whatever oh, yeah, or yeah. something, <laughs> yeah.
0: There's a lot that, that enjoy that, but I think that works really well with our topic today. Actually, we are going to be talking about not volunteer recruitment necessarily mm-hmm. because we have mm-hmm. talked about that before in the past as well, mm-hmm. but we really wanted to spend a little bit of time on volunteer retention. How do we keep volunteers in our programs and how do we keep them excited about our ministry? And so I think this is going to be a fun discussion today. So I'm so glad that we're going to be having this. I have heard you say more than once that retaining volunteers actually begins with recruitment of volunteers. Yes,
1: yes, yes. That's probably one of those things that I will say until the day that I die.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> we have many because, of those prizes. That's yes, one of them. We do. <laughs> we do. We
1: do. Um, because that's definitely one of those things to where, if whenever we are bringing them in, if we can help them get in a role that is a good fit for them with accurate expectations for their role, for them as they serve, then we are so much more likely to retain them um, for a longer term. And so I think, you know, retention, it does. Retention begins in the recruitment process. Absolutely.
0: Well, and I want to start off too by just, by by saying, I don't think any preschool or children's minister should feel like that they are solely responsible for bringing people in to their ministry.
1: Mm-hmm. I know
0: that it is our responsibility to make sure that everything is covered and to train people and mm-hmm. all of that. But I do think that it's important as we build relationships within mm-hmm. our church family, that we are creating a leadership team that's mm-hmm. going to support you and encourage mm-hmm. you, but also help you with recruiting volunteers, because that's the thing about this is that there is no way for you to know and have a relationship with absolutely everyone in your church. Mm -hmm. And so if you can begin with creating a culture of teamwork within the children and preschool ministries so that everyone sees it as this is our ministry, that we are working Mm -hmm. to find more people to be involved with us Mm
1: -hmm. as
0: opposed to it feeling like okay, Valerie's just running around every Sunday morning begging people to do things, you know, yeah. so that it becomes, yeah. you know, your church is looking mm-hmm. for people to commit to leading mm-hmm. the children to come to know more about Jesus and more about the word of God. And so it it is a culture that we can create mm-hmm. as a ministry.
1: And there are definitely situations where Other people, your key leaders, other volunteers—they can recruit people who will say yes to them, Mm -hmm. and who will be willing to serve, you know, for them or with them or alongside them. Right. And they may not have said yes to you, Um, and that—that's okay. And it's also okay to ask for that sort of help from Mm -hmm. your current volunteers and your current key leaders. Hey, I saw that you know your friend Susie has. join the church. I saw your sister-in-law. I saw, you know, this person who, who you already have a relationship with. Could you talk to them about serving in our ministry? Like, would you reach out to them? And so, um, so there's nothing wrong with, and and like you said, like, it's um, a good thing to Mm -hmm. involve our key leaders, to involve other volunteers In that process of reaching out and beginning to sort of cultivate some of those relationships Mm -hmm. and um, lay some of that groundwork for recruiting different volunteers. Right, right. And if we are recruiting people
0: correctly, like if we have our recruitment strategies where we know, you know exactly how we're going to be recruiting, it's going to make a huge difference because you're going to be placing people in positions where they're using their gifts and their talents. You're finding the right times for them to serve and that's going to make a big difference
1: mm-hmm.
0: in the way they not only look at their responsibilities, but also their commitment level to it. Because if they're constantly coming in miserable every week, they're eventually mm-hmm. going to find a way to stop serving. Mm-hmm. But if they are fitting well with what they are doing with their gifts, then it's going to be a joy for them to be able to come and serve. And so that's a big difference. So you want to look for people who have mm-hmm. a gift mm-hmm. for the position that you're placing them in. You want to make sure that they are very aware of all of their responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And um, and you want to communicate those responsibilities well. I think that you've mentioned before, too, that it's important that you have like a job description, like we've mm-hmm. talked about that, I think, in, in previous episodes as well, about having a job description to be able to hand to them mm-hmm. so that they know exactly what you are expecting from them.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And I think, um, and, and I mean, we've got a great episode on volunteer recruitment with lots of strategies. And I think you know, another thing too, whenever I approach these conversations with, you know, a potential volunteer, Mm -hmm. instead of trying to be like, okay, here's a need, I'm gonna, you know, kind of put you in it. Yes. This is exactly like what you're saying about like saying like, okay, here are three different needs at different times, Mm -hmm. you know, are any of these a good fit for you? Mm -hmm. And so I always start with looking at this person And then giving them options to consider. And even if they say, you know, hey, none of those three things interest me, but I do like llama grooming, (laughs) you know, (laughs) well, we're going to have a living nativity at Christmas time. Could you come help us with our animals? Like,
0: (laughs) There is truly a job. I really believe there is truly a job for everyone in preschool and children's ministry. You're going to find some way to use people's gifts and their talents in the ministry at some point throughout yes. the year. So <laughs> I, think, I think it's great. I think that's why the personal interview is such an important mm-hmm. piece to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that one of the really good strategies too is to, to allow them time to to shadow or to test drive or whatever your church likes to use mm-hmm. in that, that terminology, but an opportunity for them to sit in without any responsibilities in a classroom or Mm -hmm. in an event or however, Mm -hmm. you know, if you can to give them the opportunity to actually see how a day goes just so that they really truly have a real picture of, Oh, Mm -hmm. when you say this is what we're doing, then this is what that means. And so, Mm -hmm. um, so I think all of those things are going to help with retention in the long run, Mm -hmm. even though those aren't specifically retention pieces of information, but I think mm-hmm. that they're key to be able to help make sure that you are retaining volunteers.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if we can get them in a good fit for them on the front end, we're going to see so much more longevity and they're going to enjoy it and be so much more fulfilled. Right. Um, if, you know, if we get that front end piece done well. Yeah. Yeah, I think
0: so too. I think that that's, that's key. Another really important thing to do is when you are setting up that agreement with a volunteer, let's say that they have come into the four-year-old classroom and they do believe that it's going to be a good fit for them to help teach in that Bible study class. Mm-hmm. Then you have to have that conversation with them about time commitment. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to have that conversation with them about training. And Mm -hmm. a lot of churches do this in different ways. But the idea is that if you help them understand that they are making a commitment for a certain amount of time, Mm -hmm. it really helps them not only to see that you're really counting on them, Mm -hmm. but also it will prevent them from panicking the first couple of weeks and then going, okay, I can't do this because you've, you've kind of explained on the front end You know, if you're going to to take on this responsibility, I need you to to commit to me for the year, you know, until May or until August or however you do your calendar year or however Mm -hmm. you do your your recruitment. But but not only does that give them a a way to have an out if they do need Mm -hmm. one it's not giving them the opportunity to take that out just anytime they want to either. I mean, I know that there's always going to be emergencies and illnesses and life changes Mm -hmm. that might happen Mm -hmm. emergency wise, but typically Mm -hmm. if a person isn't sure that they're, you know, that, that this is what they want to do, if they know that they've committed for this year, Mm -hmm. then that at least gives you that sense of like, okay, I'm I'm asking you to make this commitment. Yeah. And so they need to Mm -hmm. know that up front, you know, they, you Mm -hmm. know, that that needs to be something that you communicate well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Cause you're right. Cause it and I even kind of a little bit, you know, jokingly and tongue in cheek, whenever I recruit volunteers, I tell them, I don't I don't want you to feel trapped in the in the ministry. Right. I feel like there are people who feel like, oh no, I can't ever commit to serve with preschoolers or kids because once they get me, they're never gonna wanna let me go. I said, right. you know, I again ask you to commit for this certain period of time. And I want you to know that, you know, you can leave and we will still love you. Yes. <laughs> so, and yeah. that is a-okay. Yeah. Because yeah. if you have volunteers that
0: feel like that they have to be there, mm-hmm. as much as I know you need them, nobody benefits from it though. I mean, Mm -hmm. if they, if they feel trapped and they feel pressured Mm -hmm. and they just feel, then they're not going to be happy, but the kids are not going to be happy. Families are not going to be happy. It's, Mm -hmm. it's not going to be better for you in the long run. So, Mm -hmm. because a lot of people will be glad to commit, you know, I'll be glad to teach for a year. I just don't want to teach for 10 years. Like I just, Mm -hmm. you know, they just want, so it's, it's making sure. And I think, I think the next things that we're going to be talking about Once you address some of these things, then people are going to want to stay for 10 years. You know, that's our goal is that we want them to continue to commit. Mm -hmm. But we have to be realistic about it because if Mm we pressure them or we guilt them into it, that's not the way to retain leaders in the long
1: run. That's right. Amen.
0: I think it's important that we equip our leaders with the skills that they need to be able to do Mm -hmm. the job that we've asked them to do.
1: Absolutely.
0: And that means training.
1: Yes, absolutely. And we have a great episode on training, but we're going to hit some high points here for sure.
0: Training is near and dear to both of our hearts. And so so it's something that we do like to talk about um, because it's important for leaders to feel confident, but Mm -hmm. most of our leaders are not necessarily people who have experience with children Mm -hmm. or with education. Mm-hmm. And so we have to make sure that they are regularly getting the information that they need to be able to do things well in their classrooms.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, we, we want our volunteers to feel equipped and supported in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we don't want them to feel like we are just like throwing them in in there to the wolves to sink or swim. Right. Um, we want them to feel like, okay, like I've got some some tools on my tool belt for teaching this particular age group that I'm teaching for, you know, safety and security that I understand the policies and I know what I'm supposed to do and what's expected of me. Mm-hmm. Um, issues, things like, like discipline and classroom management, you know, mm-hmm. you've Thrown me and another person in this room full of second <laughs> second graders. Like, is this going to devolve into right. you know Lord of the Flies? Like, <laughs> help <laughs> me, <laughs> you know. And so, so we want our volunteers to feel comfortable and equipped, and like they have the skill set to do what we have asked them to do well. Right. Because nobody wants nobody wants to fail. No one wants to feel yeah. like they're failing. Mm-hmm. And you know, they took this commitment on with a desire you know, presumably to do a good job at it. And so we want to make sure that they have the support Mm -hmm. to do a good job and to feel comfortable in what they're doing. Oh, yeah,
0: for sure. Absolutely. And we want to make sure that when we are offering these training opportunities, that we are not only making it fun, but we're being very respectful of their time. So you want to think through, you know, what you're going to be talking about, what you're teaching, whether you're going to be speaking to new volunteers or volunteers that have been doing it for 30 years, you know. Or a mixture of both. Yeah. yeah. And so you have to really kind of think through it Mm -hmm. so that you're making sure that you are making it worth their time, that they're walking away with really practical things that they need to know that couldn't just be sent in an email or in a Mm -hmm.
1: newsletter, but that actually is, you know, pertinent Mm -hmm. information for them that they're going to run with. Mm -hmm. And giving them opportunities in that training time to discuss with one another, to learn from one another, um, to have those those seasoned volunteers have an Mm -hmm. opportunity to share their wisdom, you know, Mm -hmm. with other younger volunteers or newer volunteers and so. Um, just like what you said, making that time worth their while. Cause all it takes, I hate to say it is all it takes is one bad training event and then they never, ever want to come again. No,
0: they will find and reasons so not to come. And yeah, yes. it really is. Yes. And there's lots of different ways. You don't have to feel like that it has to be. 40 people in a room with somebody Mm -hmm. teaching to do training, you can offer different types of training Mm -hmm. throughout the year. And so there's all sorts of different things that you can do so that you can Mm -hmm. make it more enjoyable and more fun and more helpful and not make them feel like they're having to come all the time. But I I think it's important Mm -hmm. that they know that that's part of their responsibility when they're coming on to is that there is going to be some training that we're going to do that we like everybody to be a part of. And Mm -hmm. so...
1: It's not unrealistic to expect that. And and another thing um, related to training, but kind of adjacent is um, creating a volunteer pipeline of sorts. Um, So if you have an opportunity, like for example, we do with having once a month volunteers at the worship hour. And so that's a great entry point for volunteering. It's relatively low commitment, just once a month. Um, And then from there, you can kind of get these, you know, observe your volunteers. See who has a knack for it, a passion for it, who loves it, right. and then sort of out of that pool is where you can then recruit people to greater levels of commitment. So, like teaching right. every week in a Sunday school class, um, and so so creating almost sort of like a pipeline to greater levels of commitment, right. um, a pipeline to higher levels of leadership. If you see someone who kind of stands out. Um, with leadership capabilities or, with, you know, administrative organizational capabilities, um, you know, so, so sort of creating a pool to then be able to ask people to greater levels of responsibility. Because I think whenever we are talking about retention, um, again, if we start people in those lower levels of commitment and give them a chance to get a feel for it, try it out, evaluate it and then ask them to commit to greater levels of commitments that helps us with retention because, you know, we, we know them better. They know our ministry better. They know what to expect. Creating a sort of volunteer pipeline or leadership pipeline um, can help us create a strong candidate pool for some of our, our areas that we're recruiting for that have greater responsibility or that have more administrative duties mm-hmm. um, or that sort of thing to help that with retention, finding those right people and getting them in the right spot.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think that's really important for preschool ministers, especially to remember, is that it's one thing to ask people to commit for a year of every Sunday morning for a Sunday school or Bible study. But it's another thing to ask people to give up worship every Mm -hmm. Sunday for an entire year or Mm -hmm, to give up any kind of time because we have so many, or at least I found myself over the years, I would have leaders that would, you know, at first be willing to serve anytime the doors were open and then they very quickly would burn out mm. uh, because they get very excited about it at first, but then they realize they're not getting worship. So I was mm. really very specific in saying, I love for you to volunteer in these places, but this is kind of my limit for what yes. I, I'm going to allow you to volunteer. Yes. yes. Because yes. I want to make sure that they are connecting. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the reasons, like, if I had Sunday school teachers that did serve every week in preschool or children's mm-hmm. ministry, I made sure they stayed connected to an adult Sunday school class where I had Absolutely. an adult Sunday school teacher that still had them on their prayer list, included mm-hmm. them in their um, fellowship. Their events, their yeah. Mm-hmm. That just would send them, you know, make sure they had a book so that they could do the Sunday school lesson during the week, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever, whatever that class was doing, that they knew that that teacher was considered really a part of their class but they were a missionary class member that were ser- that serving on missions to preschool yes. or to children's each week in Sunday school and then again those uh, if if we didn't have and I ha- did serve in churches where we would have multiple worship services Mm -hmm. So you could serve in Sunday school and serve during one worship and Mm -hmm. still attend another worship. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a lot, but as long as Mm -hmm. I knew that the leaders were comfortable with that and were attending worship and they were attached to a Bible study group, then I felt, I felt comfortable with that. Uh, Not all churches have that option. And so that's when, because I know that a lot of people will say, well, you need consistency in the classrooms and and we do, we want consistent Mm -hmm. teachers but those teachers do need to be able to, to worship as yes. well. And so it's finding opportunities to have those schedules where they're just serving once a month or once every six weeks so that you can have them in worship service as well. And that, again, I think is going to matter in the longevity of volunteers, how well they're able to manage staying with you for a longer mm-hmm. period of time, because mm-hmm. they are getting filled in other ways as well. And so, and they're not feeling like they're on this island, this preschool children's ministry mm-hmm. island where they don't really are, they're not really a part of the church in another yes. way as well.
1: Yes, that is such a good word. And that is something that um, across our age graded ministries with preschool children students, um, we are very intentional about at our church with our adult leaders Um, making sure exactly what you're saying, that they aren't serving at every single ministry time, that they are going into a small group, a Bible study class, the worship service. Mm -hmm. Um, And and even, I'll take it even a step further. Um, I was challenged this summer to let go of a couple of my weekly teachers Mm -hmm. to let them go to an adult class with, you know, sort of with the challenge that like, hey, like let them Go, go here for, you know, a year, two, three years, be invested in and, you know, be connected with their peers, with other people, their age, um, let them go be filled up for a season and then they can come back. Right. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's value in investing in our people and in their spiritual walk
0: Mm -hmm.
1: because we don't want them to be empty and drained and disconnected Mm -hmm. from the life of the church. Um, You know, showing that we care about them as whole people um, who have their own spiritual life. um, And that Mm -hmm. we, you know, it's not that we want to, you know, kick anybody out of our ministry because we don't want to do that, but we we also want what's best for them as people. And what is best for any of us is not to always be constantly serving And never Mm -hmm. learning and never in fellowship and never, Mm -hmm. you know, in Bible study with other believers. And Mm -hmm. so, so I think prioritizing that for our people as a Mm -hmm. part of the policies that we have. Right. um, You know, we, we want you to serve, but we also expect that you go to the worship service. We also expect that you're Mm a part of a small group. We also expect, so. Right. Mm -hmm. Well,
0: and I think that it's really important that our volunteers do feel supported and encouraged Mm -hmm. and they don't feel like they're on this on, you know, they're, they've jumped into this on their own. Mm -hmm. Um, We talked earlier when we first started in this episode about how we wanted to build a culture of teamwork. You want to build a culture of this preschool and ministry team that's working together to minister to children and their families, you know, making sure that you have created partnerships, people that get along well with each other to serve together Mm-hmm. So that they do feel like they have a partner in this. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I, I, and I think we've talked about this in other episodes. If we haven't, we need to do an episode on this. Because I do think it's important that our leaders not feel like they have to be together to serve. Sometimes you have teachers mm-hmm. that have taught together for so many years that it is good for you to break them up so that they can help train younger leaders. But that's a whole nother, like I said, that's a whole nother episode. Right now talking about (laughs) as you're bringing people in, as you're building your team, I think it's important that you help create positive partnerships Mm -hmm. so that they can encourage, because I can tell you the years where I did, you know, volunteer as a teacher at a church, I knew the difference when I was working with a group of people that I connected really well together Mm -hmm. with, and we worked really well together. Mm -hmm. I, I loved that time. I looked forward to going on Sunday mornings because of that. And then I had Mm -hmm. had years where I had partners as a teacher where it was more stressful and I did not quite look as forward Mm-hmm. To Sunday morning because it just we weren't gelling well and 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 we weren't mm-hmm. supporting each other well and it was just a struggle. So mm-hmm. I think that when you do have that commitment with somebody, it does make a big difference. And I think when you can create your ministry as working as a team and working together and you all supporting one another and encouraging and even if you can do that with, you know, having the shirts that have your ministry information on it and having special events and fun things for Mm -hmm. your leaders to do, you know, having these fun things in meetings or, or doing, you know, Mm -hmm. like email blasts or newsletters that, you know, like are encouraging and fun and have interesting things on it. So it makes them want to read it each week. You know, I, I just have always thought that that's fun because I can get emails where I go, Oh, they're sending me another email again. (laughs) I don't know what this is going to be about. But honestly, I also get emails. There's a few emails that I get where they're very smart to put like trivia questions Mm -hmm. on it or little Mm -hmm. bits of information that I can use Mm -hmm. for things that make me go, oh, I want to open that newsletter Mm -hmm. because it's got something fun in it. Right. Along with the stuff that they're trying to sell me or tell me, but you know, so <laughs> right, I think right. that there's things that we can do to add just a little bit of flair to the things mm-hmm. that we send out or the things that we do on a regular basis to get their information. One of the things, Danielle Bell, who is a, just a, a brilliant mm-hmm. children's minister that is actually serving in Murfreesboro, Tennessee right now, um, she calls all of her volunteers for children's ministry, or she did, I don't know if she still does mm-hmm. now, but she used to call them investors. Like they were the investors mm-hmm. and, and she did that so that she, you know, because her point was they are investing in yeah. the lives, of the children in the family. So they mm-hmm. weren't just volunteers, you know? Right. So And I, and so over the years I've heard other preschooler children's ministers, you know, come up with neat names for their team. But the idea is just to have that sense of camaraderie mm-hmm. and to bring in the sense of we're in this together. I'm not alone. So that you're encouraging each other and building each other up. And so I think when you can create that culture within Mm -hmm. your volunteer body, then it makes a big difference because it Mm -hmm. feeds into just the excitement of serving Mm -hmm. your church. And so it's finding those little things to, you know, to help.
1: Another thing that um, I like to do, and this is kind of going back to the recruitment process and setting expectations, is um, I tell all of our volunteers that we we expect you to be here 80% of the time. Um, we know that you will get sick. We know that you will go on vacation. Um, and that is okay. And there are times, because there are times whenever I get sick. Um, there are in in the culture of our church staff, there are Sundays whenever I am out because I'm traveling. Um, and so, so I want people to understand that, that even as they commit to serve for a year, Mm -hmm. that, that we don't expect them to be here every single Sunday. We understand that there will be Sundays that they are out. There will be Sundays that they will take a break and go on vacation. Um, and that, that that's okay. So, and that we, you know we encourage that even. So everyone needs a break. Right. Well, again, that's going to benefit you in the long run. Mm -hmm.
0: I am also a really firm believer in showing appreciation on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And I know that everybody thinks, oh, well, of course I'm going to do that. But it's really easy to get caught up in the busyness of ministry And not realize that it has been a while since you have personally thanked somebody for being Mm -hmm. there, for being somebody that you can count on, for Mm -hmm. sending the notes of appreciation occasionally to people so that they know that you've thought about them more than just when you see them, but just that you're Mm -hmm. really thanking them for giving their time. I love to do things like for our fall festival, I would make um, little wrappers that had whatever the theme of our fall festival would be just something simple mm-hmm. that would wrap around a, a large size piece of candy, like just a Hershey mm-hmm. bar or something like that. Mm-hmm. It just said, thank you for serving in some way, whatever mm-hmm. it was for that particular year um, to give to them that night. Mm-hmm. So that that way I went around during the fall festival and actually handed them the, you know, something and said, thank you for being here tonight.
1: Mm -hmm. I I tried
0: to do little things like that. And and those were things that I did have to think through ahead of time and have ready ahead of time so that it was just a quick and easy thing for me to do. Because even some, Mm -hmm. some events like for VBS and things, sometimes you're so busy. I literally Mm -hmm. would have, like I did a thank you every night of VBS, but usually what I did for it was I would put it in a large basket the the candy or the, the goodie mm-hmm. or the whatever that said, thank you for being here. And I would put it beside where they signed in for the night. If I, right. if, I, they if just, it was they be it one as they where go. I could mm-hmm. literally get to every class or every person, mm-hmm. everybody always had to sign in for VBS just so mm-hmm. that we were sure we had everybody quickly. If we had an emergency, we knew everybody was here. And so I would just have that there and they would grab their treat, you know, mm-hmm. but it was just those little things that I could try to find to do to make sure that they were constantly being told how much mm. I needed them and how much I appreciated them. Yes. Um, you know, any opportunity that the pastor would allow me to have people stand during service so that we could thank them for being a part yes. of the preschoolers for children's lives. Yes. You know, yes. all of these little moments that I, I try to be very consistent, you know, birthdays, mm-hmm. recognizing birthdays with a little gift or with a little card, you mm-hmm. know, sending Christmas cards, to, you know, including them in my Christmas card list. Those, you know, those little things mm-hmm. that I know are super tiny and, but I'm, I, they I add up like over time, over mm-hmm. the year, it was letting them constantly mm-hmm. know from me that I, appreciated them, that I needed them, that, that, Mm -hmm. that they meant something to me Mm -hmm. more so in my relationship with them than just what they were doing for me. So it was just finding ways that I could make that connection and let them know how much I appreciated them serving.
1: Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I like that you're saying here too, is you're talking about different ways that you've shown appreciation and different things that you have done, um, Because I I feel like if if we can get creative and show people appreciation according to their love language or, um, you know, their personality, um, reaching, being intentional to reach out to them and show that appreciation in a variety of ways to make it more meaningful for the different people who serve with us. One of the things that that I like to do is handwritten notes, even though my handwriting is awful. I do like to do handwritten notes <laughs> too. because I like to communicate in writing. I guess words of affirmation is a way that I feel very comfortable communicating. But I also want to recognize that that may not be everyone's love language, like they'll appreciate right. it, but they may not feel that may not impact them the same way as if, say, they are like an acts of service person, or like a gift person. And on their birthday, you remember to give them their favorite soda and their favorite candy bar. And so being remembered in that way has a greater impact on them just because of their individual personality. And sometimes we can figure people out and, you know, target their, you know, individual love language or their personality. But even if we can't, even if we're not sure, just mm-hmm. kind of throughout the year doing these little things in a variety of ways, right. then we're going to touch on what's going to mean the most to our volunteers right. in those like little different little things that we're doing throughout yeah. the year.
0: Yeah, and and mm-hmm. I think that that's it. and I know, and and I've I've talked about this before when we've talked about doing kinds of things. I I kept Excel spreadsheets and things. Uh, I, I made yeah. notes because. These things have to be intentional mm-hmm. and it's really easy to go, oh, wow, how in the world would I remember to do this? Mm-hmm. You know, well, you know, I, I did little things to remind myself of it because yes. there would be times that I would be so busy with Fall Festival, it would be last minute that I would go, oh, no, I, I forgot. So literally I mm-hmm. I added those appreciation things onto my list of to do's when I was mm-hmm. working on an event or working on my calendar for the year to make sure that I remembered to do those things Mm -hmm. because that's why I I felt like they were so important to do Mm -hmm. that and that they really do make a difference in building relationships because it's hard to build relationships when you do the work that we do. And Mm so I think it's important that we be very intentional about it. Yes,
1: absolutely.
0: I think that when you're looking at retaining volunteers, there's so many little things that have a big effect Mm -hmm. because it's the little things that you're doing all throughout the year that builds into retaining a really great group of volunteers. Mm -hmm. And so we've talked about a lot of those things, but I thought we might end with just a few of those things that you want to think about each week as you're working with your leaders, as you're working Mm -hmm. with your volunteers and how you can really do these little things that are going to make such a big impact. And one is that you check in often, Mm -hmm. you know, you check in with them, you provide support, you see what they need, Mm
1: -hmm. you find
0: out if they're struggling with resources, if they're struggling with classroom management, you're really showing them support, you're showing them that you see that, that you understand that you want to Mm -hmm. help them with it. I think being understanding Mm-hmm. of a few things. One, that they're volunteers and this is not their paid job. So we really want to have our expectations at that level of, of yeah. knowing, you know, these are our people who have lives and work and families and they are giving of their time in a volunteer position to help your ministry. And so we want to be mindful of that and be understanding when they're struggling be understanding when they are sick or when they have mm-hmm. family members who are sick mm-hmm. or if they are burnt out or if they are really you know just having a lot of anxiety or overwhelmed during the season mm-hmm. we really have to understand that life happens and when they made this commitment they're they they were genuine in their desire mm-hmm. to be a part of your ministry
1: mm-hmm.
0: but a family member became ill or they became ill or something dramatic happened in their lives Mm -hmm. that just has changed their priorities Mm -hmm. and they don't mean it in a negative way. They're not trying to cause you problems. It's just what has happens in ministry and what happens in life. And so being flexible and being encouraging, because if they dread calling you when something happens, Mm -hmm. if they dread having to let you know that their child is sick, Mm-hmm. Or if they dread, then they're eventually going to find a way not to serve at all because that's going to bring more anxiety. And so we need to be prepared for you know that to be understanding when they can't serve. You know, you know, hold expectations, but still be understanding and be flexible.
1: And and whenever I talk with volunteers in these situations, um, because before we started recording, I was saying, you know, I've got every month I've got a, a new mom. <laughs> is having a baby or another baby mm-hmm. and you know she lets me okay like I can serve for the next 6 months but right. at, after that I'm going to need to come off the schedule for a while with a new mm-hmm. baby or someone who's having a shoulder replacement or a knee replacement mm-hmm. and so one of the things that whenever I talk with my volunteers I always talk about it within the context of seasons of life right you know I always want to be very understanding that like hey you know I understand it is okay that in this season, you need to step back from serving. That is totally fine. Like we welcome you back whenever you, you know, whenever you're comfortable bringing the baby, whenever you're from your surgery, whenever you're past this season. I always want to leave that door open for them to come back. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want them to feel like they are always welcome back in our ministry Mm -hmm. and that I don't begrudge them needing a season where they need to step
0: back. No. Sometimes we even have to use wisdom to help them understand what their Mm -hmm. limitations are, because Mm -hmm. you will have some volunteers over the years that will try to come back too quickly after having a baby or having surgery, or they try to make over commitments because they get excited about being part of your ministry. And sometimes we have to be the wise ones to look at it and say, you know, I I know you've asked for this amount of time, but we're just going to give you maybe, you know, a week or two more just to give you a little bit of extra time, you know, just try to to think through because sometimes Mm -hmm. people, are very optimistic and they don't want to let you down. And so they think that they're going to be able to be back a lot faster than they actually are. Yeah. And so I think that it's important that we are confident enough Mm -hmm. in our ministry and our leaders to be Mm -hmm. able to give them grace and to help them understand. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's an important thing to be able to do. Um, you know, the recruitment process is never ending. We've nope. said this before. There's <laughs> never going to be a time where you go, oh, no, I have too many volunteers. I I don't need <laughs> um, no. because, because of those things, because you may have somebody mm-hmm. who literally has been at church every Sunday morning for the Mm -hmm. last 20 years and you think, Mm -hmm. oh, well, they're always going to be there. And then they might have an emergency or a family member gets sick or they might get sick. So you never know when you're going to need those extra people. So Mm -hmm. we're constantly recruiting. We're constantly Mm -hmm. looking for new volunteers, for new people to, to be a part of our ministry in different ways. And so, but one of the things that I've said in conferences so many times, one of the things that I truly believe is that God sends us our preschoolers and the children that are supposed to be in our ministry at mm-hmm. this time. Amen. God has placed these families in our church family at this time. And mm-hmm. I think that God is going to honor our ministry by providing leaders in our church mm-hmm. to be the volunteers and the leaders that those preschoolers and children need at this time. I am a firm yeah. believer in thinking sometimes people don't realize that they've been called <laughs> to be one of those leaders or one of those yeah. teachers. And sometimes they need a little extra help understanding that mm-hmm. God is calling them. But I firmly believe that God didn't mm-hmm. give us the preschoolers and the children without providing the leadership mm-hmm. that we need for them at mm-hmm. such time. Um, but I do think that it, it requires prayer. Mm -hmm. We need to be praying for our children each day, but we also need to be praying Mm -hmm. for the leaders that God is raising up in our congregations, Mm -hmm. in our church families. Mm -hmm. And we need to be trusting the Holy Spirit to move in the lives of these leaders to help them know what they've been called to do. And so I think we forget the power of prayer sometimes when we get so Mm -hmm. busy and so stressed and so much anxiety with having enough volunteers. But I think making prayer a priority for your ministry Mm -hmm. is a huge thing that we can do to build our ministries to be strong.
1: Amen. And, you know, what's interesting is that's something that God has recently been convicting me about um, through a sermon series from um, our pastor. And so um, I know that there are other churches who will do like a huddle time or, or something like that, you know, with their volunteers. And so that is something that has not been a part of the culture of our volunteer base. Um, and so that's one of the things I've started um, just this month for the first Sunday of each month to, you know, have my, my Sunday school teachers come in early. Um, I'm bringing in some little breakfast foods and for us to pray together. Um, and so, so that is something that the Lord has been laying on my heart just within our ministry to be more intentional about prayer with, you know, my ministry leaders. Mm -hmm. Um, That's something that our preschool and children's
0: minister at our church does. And actually Mm -hmm. our whole staff does that where they ask people who are volunteering for a particular Sunday to come in Mm -hmm. like 20 minutes early and typically 15 minutes early so that you're set up, you know, within your classroom and have everything ready. So you're good to go when people start dropping off. Mm-hmm. kids and when, you know, the greeters need to be there, but mm-hmm. they ask for everybody to come a little bit earlier than that so that they can just do a circle of prayer. It doesn't yeah. have to be very long, yeah. but just a chance to thank everybody for being there that morning. And then to also just pray for any urgent requests and to pray for the mm-hmm. Sunday morning. And, and it really does, I think, make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. It's something
1: that I think is just really, really important. Amen. And in, and I've shared this verse before, but I'm going to share it again because it fits right. Just in my personal prayer life. One of the verses that I like to pray through, Acts 9.31. Um, so the church throughout all Judea, Galilee and Samaria had peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers. And so one of the things that I've been praying really intentionally as I pray through this verse for my church Is that as we are increasing in numbers of people coming to know Christ, people hearing the gospel, um, that we would increase in our volunteer numbers, in our leadership numbers. And, you know, the, the interesting thing is, is within the past month, I have had three people proactively come to me about serving mm-hmm. which is more which is more than i've had in the last year oh yeah <laughs> so, it's amazing
0: what god so, will do when we put our yes, faith in, trust in him <laughs>
1: yes thank you jesus and so you know so so it's something that you know god has laid on my heart in a lot of different ways and then right. you know praying it in my personal time and then already seeing god working in the lives of people. Um, it's been, you know, a, just a tremendous br- blessing um, yeah. to watch all of this unfold. Um, and like I said, a wonderful surprise, yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. having people reach out and being like, yeah, I'd like to serve. How can I get involved? And I'm like, um, yes. <laughs> so. Let me tell you how Yes, so
0: that's, that's amazing. I love that verse. I think that if I was currently serving right now in a church, that verse would be on a large note card and taped like over my doorpost as you come mm-hmm. into my office so that I mm-hmm. saw it every day or on my computer yep. monitor so that I saw it every day and to pray yeah. it because I think it's just so powerful. And so that's amazing. Well, Dr. Virginia, this has been a lot of fun today. I love talking about our volunteers. I love talking about the people that we partner with in our ministries and how we can encourage that partnership and grow that partnership and just help it to become stronger and stronger so that we can better minister to our children and to our families. That's what's so very important. And friends, we are just so grateful that you have spent some time with us today. Um, We hope that some of this information has been helpful for you and encouraged you and has sparked some excitement for you on how you can better serve your church families Um, as always we ask that you like and subscribe and all the things that you check us out on social media and that you let us know if there are topics that can be helpful to you because we just want to meet you where you are we hope you have a wonderful week and we thank you so much bye-bye